turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. It's also printed for you in the worship bulletin. I have the privilege to preach for the next three Sundays, including today. And I thought, what could we talk about? What can we deal with? And I know what Kurt's next series will be on, and I thought, you know, let's have some time to have, let's have a little time to look at Jesus. So for the next three Sundays, we're going to look at what I call three portraits of Christ. Three portraits of Christ from his life and ministry. Today, in particular, we're going to look at Mark chapter 5, verses 5, excuse me, verses 1 through 20. But before we dive in, I want to tell you a little story. You all have learned that I like to tell stories. Around 17 years ago, I witnessed a situation that I really had no explanation for. A change, a literal drastic transformation in behavior occurred in a young man on our college campus. I'd been told about how this fellow, whom I saw function quite normally, going to class in Bible studies with some of my friends, I'd seen him function normally, but I'd never saw this. And I heard some other people tell me when this change would happen. Well, I saw it for myself one night. It was on a, a Sunday evening. It was after a church event. And I got to tell you, it was quite odd. And it was extremely unnerving. Extremely unnerving. It was a situation where this man acted different, unrational, and unlike anything I'd ever seen. It was a situation where there was a night and day difference in the life of this particular young man. There was a stark contrast, a stark contrast. And our passage today illustrates a man who undergoes the same, a same type of dramatic transformation, a night and day transformation. And for him, this man in our text today, his transformation occurs because of the mercy and the compassion of Jesus Christ. Hear now the word of the Lord, brothers and sisters, from Mark chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 1 through verse 20. They came to the other side of the sea, and the they is Jesus and the disciples, to the country of the Gerasenes, a land of Gentiles. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one, no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and, and on the mountains, he was always crying out, bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. 
And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus, there are pronouns there, but I'm going to put the proper noun. For Jesus was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea, that's the Sea of Galilee, and were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, sitting there clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him, begged him that he might be with him. And Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And the man went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Let's pray. eternal and all-wise, perfect God. We ask that you would give us light, light from your word by your Holy Spirit, that we might see differently and be differently and live differently in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are four things that I think our text teaches us today, not just do I think that, it teaches us that. There are four things our text teaches us today that I want you to get. The first is this. The powers of darkness seek to corrupt, to wreck, to undermine, and to destroy God's creation. I'll repeat that. The powers of darkness seek to corrupt, to wreck, to undermine, and to destroy God's creation. We live in a time when people laugh at the existence of the supernatural. Maybe some of you in this room laugh. I hope not. We live in a time where there has been a tremendous return to belief and practice in the occult, which is dark supernatural. 
stuff. And yet, fallen angels, demons, unclean spirits, all synonymous words, are quite real and active in the world. We don't hear about it too much in these modernized United States of America, but you go overseas, you go to Africa, you go to Haiti, places I've been before, and you'll hear about it. You may even see it. We live definitely in a supernatural world, you all, one where we have an enemy, and that enemy wants us stopped. That enemy does not want the truth of the Lord, the truth of the Scriptures, to seep into the lives of people. The powers of darkness seek to destroy God's good creation. We see this with this man who has an unclean spirit. In common language, we describe him as demon-possessed. This unclean spirit lived inside of this man, and he ruined his life. Mark describes the spirit as unclean, meaning it's evil, it's unpure, it's anti-God. Demons oppose, and they try to destroy every work of God. I didn't put this in my sermon, but when Jesus after he's baptized and he goes into the wilderness, he's tempted by the devil. Tempted. The adversary thought he could get Jesus off of his path. Here in our text, notice what the unclean spirit has done in this man's life. He lives in the graveyard. He lives in the cemetery, in the tombs, in caves where you bury people who have died. He's isolated from society, separated from normal living. People are afraid of him. He cannot function like regular people. He cuts himself, bruises himself with stones. You know, I've worked with people who've done this. They've cut themselves. The man has incredible strength due to this demonic influence. He breaks chains and fetters. Nobody's able to control him. He's unruly. He's wild. He's reckless. I heard a man say once, what if he appeared at the back door just now? What would you do? He runs around in the mountains screaming and crying out night and day. He's a man who's out of his mind, totally and completely out of his mind. He's in a terrible condition, a pitiful state of living, which leads to the second point I want us to see today. Number two, Jesus is superior to all demonic powers. Seems simple, doesn't it? Well, it is. Jesus is superior to all demonic powers powers. Jesus, in our text, confronts the powers of demons. He confronts the kingdom of darkness, the fellow workers, the fallen angels of Satan. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 declares, the reason the Son of God appeared 
was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus enters into a sin-cursed world to bring deliverance, to shake up the powers of darkness. Notice here, the unclean spirit knows who Jesus really is. Isn't that something? The man comes over to Christ and bows before him, all the while Jesus is saying directly to the spirit, come out, come out, commanding him to come out. In Mark chapter 3, verse 11, we see that whenever the unclean spirit saw Jesus, they'd fall down before him and they'd cry out, you are the son of God. In Mark chapter 1, verse 34, Mark says, Jesus would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. This demon knows that his time of tormenting the life of this man is absolutely over. The demons don't bow before Christ out of worship. I was reading in a commentary, and one commentator said, yeah, they're bowing out of worship. I thought, no, no, that's not true. They hate God. They're not bowing in worship. They're bowing out of fear because their judge stands before them. The creator of the universe, and I like to think of it like this. Jesus went from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other side. The creator of the universe, the one who spoke the stars into being, the one who breathed into man the breath of life, crosses the Sea of Galilee for a purpose. He crosses the Sea of Galilee to deal with the powers of darkness. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, Matthew quotes the Old Testament. And he, this particular uh, passage that I'm going to read to you, he quotes as being fulfilled in Christ. And in our passage today, it's fulfilled the land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea. It's talking about the Sea of Galilee. It's talking about the two tribes that lived there. Beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region, and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. This was why Jesus crossed the sea. He went over there to demonstrate, to share, to teach, to expose his light and the darkness that was there. Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee for this man in our passage today leading to the third point I want you to see today. Number three, Jesus can deliver anyone from any situation. Another way of saying that, Jesus can change any situation. I'll repeat it again. Jesus can deliver anyone. I can't say that loudly enough. Jesus can deliver anyone. Now, my dad would say, if people don't say amen, he'd say amen, Brother Little. Amen. amen. There you go. Jesus can change 
any situation. That's something we need to hear, you all, believers in the Lord Jesus. This is something we need to hear. I heard a preacher named Harry Reader say once, there's no place where Jesus will not go to seek and to save the lost. There's no place he won't go. This church has a great history of supporting missionaries. You believe in sending people out with the good news of King Jesus. Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee to rescue, to save, to deliver this particular man possessed by demons. He came to save him from demonic destruction. I want you to see the glory of Jesus here in Mark chapter 5. Jesus came to help. He came to help. Jesus, in fact, is the only and the best help for this man. And you all, the same goes for us. There is a direct comparison. He's the best help for the world. People might laugh at us, but it's better that they laugh after you share with them who Jesus is rather than the Lord say, why didn't you share me when we stand before him on the day of judgment? This man's situation looks absolutely hopeless. His home has forsaken him. His family has forsaken him. The town has neglected him. They've forsaken him. He's got no home. Most likely he's naked. He's deranged. He's lost. He's on the path to total destruction and death. But Jesus, but Jesus, but the glorious Jesus crosses the sea for him. Jesus commands the Spirit to leave this man. Well, the demon tries to negotiate with Jesus. <laughs> he begs him, don't, don't send us out of the country. And then he says, now, now, Give us permission to go over there into those swine. If, if we've got to leave, when, and they have to leave, but Jesus permits the Spirit to enter the swine. And the swine immediately rush down the steep hill, 2,000 pigs, and drown themselves in the sea. A picture of demonic destruction. But Jesus is victorious. And all he did was speak. Isn't that something? All he did was speak. He gave a command, and they had to obey. The powers of darkness had to obey. Notice the man, after the herdsmen come back from town, after they've ran and told what they saw. A night and day transformation has occurred. You know, as I was reading and studying this this week, when I, read the pass, when I read in the passage where it says, and night and day he was screaming and running around in the mountains, I thought, that's there on purpose. Not just because he's running around night and day, but it, it, it foreshadows the night and day transformation this man would undergo. The people see Jesus. Can you imagine I mean, you think of the worst situation you could possibly imagine. I've seen some very, very tough situations. I'm sure you all have too. Just imagine 
the worst situation. You've seen people living like humans should not live. And then something happens to drastically change their life. And you enter that situation again, and it's different. That's what happens to this man today. The people go back and they see Jesus, and then they see the man, and he's sitting. He's not running, he's not crying, he's not cutting himself, he's not crazy. He's sitting, radically different, sitting with Jesus, sitting with his Savior. He's got on clothes, no more cutting and bruising himself, no more running around naked. The man is in his right mind, the correct mind that God intended for him to have. He is at peace. This man is a new creature, excuse me, is a new creature because of Jesus, a new creation because of Jesus. He's been changed forever. Have you ever seen someone radically changed by Jesus? Have you ever seen somebody radically changed? It's something you should never forget. I'll tell you, when the Lord showed me that he was real, through the text of Holy Scripture in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, when he showed me he was real and he was holy, I will never forget that. I'll never forget that as long as I live. You could, you could say, Terrence, you, you, that was a figment of your imagination. I'll say, no. You could put a gun to my head. I can never say that never happened. The God of the universe is absolutely real. And he sent Jesus into a world where we are rebellious people to our Creator. He sent Jesus to bring us out of darkness, to bring us into the kingdom of His marvelous light. The fourth thing I want you to see, Jesus has a plan for all believers, all He delivers. Jesus has a plan for all He delivers. The herdsmen and the townspeople are so afraid of what they've seen that they beg Jesus to leave their country. Now, can you imagine that? He's, he's, he's healed this man. And they say, brother, you got to go. <laughs> and he does. But this man who has been so dramatically transformed, he wants to go with Jesus. Now, can you imagine why? Oh, yeah. My life was in shambles. My life was a living hell. And now I've got peace. Now I can see clearly. Now I can think clearly. I can interact with people on a normal basis now. Nobody ever treated me like this before. Lord, please let me go with you. Let me be with you. I want to see more of your ministry. Lord, let me go with you. And oh, what does Jesus say? It seems like he's being mean here, right? He does not permit him. <laughs> Jesus has a plan for all he delivers. Jesus rather has plans for this man. 
He does not allow the man to come with him. Why? This man has seen the great light. This man no longer sits in darkness. This man knows very well what it is that King Jesus can do in the life of a person. And the Lord Jesus has a plan for him. And what is that plan? Well, he commissions him. Jesus gives this man marching orders. This man, who, by the way, is not a Jew. You read where the Lord Jesus says he came first to the house of Israel, but he crossed the sea to fulfill the Old Testament. And this man who sat in darkness, who was a Gentile, whom was looked upon as dirty and unclean anyway, he came to deliver him, to bring him into his kingdom. The baptism that we saw today, all of us in here are Gentiles, you all. Every one of us are Gentiles. And he brings us in. Glory, hallelujah. He brings us in. Jesus commissions this man who is a Gentile. He says in verse 19, go home to your friends. Go home to your people. Go back to where you have come from. And what? Tell them. How does the Lord dispel the powers of darkness? He talks to them, doesn't he? He commands them to go. He commissions this man to do what? You go on back where darkness is still prevailing, and you do what? Tell them. Proclaim to them. The, the Greek word there is keruso. Shout, proclaim, herald, tell the news. What great things the Lord has done for you and how the Lord has had mercy, compassion on you. And you know, as I was thinking through that, I thought, that means he didn't have to do it. He could have allowed the demons to destroy him, but that's not why he came. We see people walking up and down this street every day in darkness, you see people in your own spheres of influence in darkness. May I tell you, they pass by you on purpose. In you, the light of the world is the Lord Jesus. The Lord told this man, go home. Tell your friends, your people, how, what great things, how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. This man became a man who told others about the great mercy of Christ about the great love of Jesus the Lord, about the great things that the Lord did for him, about the truth of Jesus. He would go and he'd tell others about how Jesus is the only hope for anybody. You, you would not be able to stop him from declaring and sharing, brother, sister, listen, listen, oh, please listen. Listen to what the Lord has done for me. Too often our evangelical, our gospel fervor is quenched. And I've lived long enough now to know why. Because we aren't sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus in the word and in prayer, you all. That's been in my own life. And I know it's in your life. 
It's in the life of the church all over the world. When the cool of what God has done for us has occurred to us, when we cool off, I think we're on very dangerous ground. God sent Christ to deliver sinners, people who are in rebellion to God. God sent Jesus to come into the world that God created to interrupt the kingdom of darkness. Why? God created people for God. And God is saving people, you all, out of darkness. He's saving people just like he saved this man. He's still saving people today. This man would say, God changed my life. Christ changed my life forever. I conclude with this church. Is there anyone in your life that you think his situation can't change? Her situation can't change. She'll never change. He'll never change. She'll never stop living that way. Do you know anybody like that? Do you think that way about anybody? Yeah, I do. That's not good, y'all. We need to repent of that. The text says Jesus saved this man's life, a man who was almost dead. Is there anything that you believe is too hard, just too hard for God to solve? I ask you this morning, take your cares, take your concerns, take the impossible to the God of all creation, and do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus who says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. May we at Church of the Atonement and our visitors with us as you go back to where you come from, May we be people who believe that Christ can change any situation. Let's pray together. Almighty God and our Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And Father, I confess that I need to sit at the feet of Christ more than I do. I believe our congregation, we all need to sit and be saturated, O oh Lord, by your word more than we do. Too often our, our fervency, our energy, our excitedness about the good news of Jesus rests too lightly on us. We forget, Lord, that eternity is in the balance for people. We forget to look at life in the light of eternity. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for conforming to the image of this world rather than conforming and being transformed by your word. Lord, use your word to make us different. Use your word, O oh Lord, to allow us to love you, to love Jesus and to eagerly and fervently share Christ with others, but also bring people before the throne of your grace through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Father, be with us as we go from here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.